What's good, everyone? Before we start the episode, I want to share with you a unique financial strategy that Savvy Docs are using to purchase real estate. Now, even if you are starting with single family homes, or you might even be in the big leagues trying to get 20, 50, or even 100 unit complexes, this strategy might be for you. Other benefits are it can help you grow your wealth tax free, and it also protects you from the bad guys. I'm talking about the creditors and the lawsuits. Now, I took the time to learn about how this strategy works, and I think it can help you optimize your investing also. I want you to check out moneyinsights.net forward slash Darko and click on the investment optimizer link to learn more. Yeah, yeah. What's up, everyone? Mic two, mic check, mic check. One, two. I think we're all on board. So we're back in the car. Back at it again, Daniel. You hear all the rain in the background. We're driving through the rain back to Pennsylvania. We're on the highway. Now we got both kids with us. We're not in the best of mood. Nope. So the last time you heard, we were actually driving to do what was supposed to be closing as well as the final walkthrough of the house. That was 24 hours ago. Yeah. So we got there and we started the walkthrough and it went okay. And then we found out well, actually, let me back up a little bit. We knew that in one of the units that the tenants had a dog. We didn't know what type of dog they had. We didn't know that the type of dog they had meant something or was important. So for the past, what, two weeks, you've been working with an insurance agent to make sure that we have proper insurance for the house. So, so. I go in and I see literally a pit bull. It's a nice pit bull, but it's a pit bull in their house. And one thing I do notice is that The tenant only wants one person in a house at a time, which is a red flag. The owner decides or elects to say, you know what? I just don't want to go in the house. You do what you have to do, which I was like, hmm. And while I'm in the house and I'm doing my walkthrough on the last unit, like we said in the past, the whole last unit is an entire actual house. She's just bad mouthing the landlord and talking about this thing wasn't fixed or that was fixed, but it wasn't fixed, you know, really good. And all these different things. I go through, take a look, see the dog and I come back out, and then we start looking at the rest of the other units, right? Right. So, you want to take it from there? Yeah. So, as Nee mentioned, you know, while we're doing the walkthrough, everything looks great. You know, the owner or the seller actually was there as well. Well, we realize that he has this contentious relationship with the tenant in the back unit. We needed to know two things so that the insurance could come through. One was the dog that Nee mentioned. The other was subsidized housing. And so two of the tenants actually are on Section 8, which we were fine with. And, you know, we did the walkthrough. And next, you know, we're on our way to the attorney's office so we can sign all of the papers. Oh, first we stop by the bank. We get a cashier's check from the bank. Right. Yo, we rolling, right? We got the money. We ready to do this. Exactly. So we head on to the attorney's office. And we're literally just waiting for the insurance guy to send what they call the insurance binder to the bank so that the banker can just send the loan papers to the attorney for us to sign. That's all that needs to happen. One email is holding us up at this point. Well, by the time we get to the attorney's office, no email. So I call, hey, You know, any word from the insurance company, I call the banker, any word from the insurance company, he says no. Next, you know, 
as I'm on the phone with the banker, the insurance guy is calling me and he's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh my God, what now? He's like, yeah, I really messed this up. I really should have asked you what kind of dog because now the underwriter, I don't know if this underwriter is going to want to insure this dog. And I'm like, is there a possibility that he could like flat out say no? And he's like, yeah, the underwriter could absolutely just say no. Now, the problem also is that we are on a time constraint because our older son is in daycare and we need to go and pick him up. But we're two hours away from where we live. And so at this point, if you know anything about my husband, <laughs> yo, I'm not going to lie. I'm the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And I'll do everything to make sure that I stay on your nice side. But once I get to a point where I realize that you don't care about, you know, what I'm concerned about, or I feel like you're really not tending to that as much as I care about what is bothering you, it's a bad, you know, transaction type of relationship. But once I start to realize that someone doesn't care as much, my demeanor changes very quickly. Very quickly. I don't hold back and he let people know. He makes it very uncomfortable for people. Yeah. If you know anything about Dr. Nee, yeah. <laughs> just know, like, don't be somebody who is just like, you don't really care about what he cares about. Because at that point, he is not cordial like me. Which is weird. Like, I feel like you pop off more than I, I do. do pop off you more pop than off you. more than I do. But like... I have a tendency, like when you get really upset, you get more professional. You get like this professionalness that is just like, yeah, it's just ridiculous how you're able to maintain Claire Huxtable like, <laughs> whereas me, like, I don't know what happens, but my demeanor changes and I start off really nice. Like, I don't know how to explain it in terms of a character, but I'm very nice. I try to make sure that, you know, hey, everything is cool. But then once I get that, you know what? Yeah. You don't care about how I feel yep. or you don't care about my situation. Everything changes yep. very quickly. And I'm like, oh, word? Really? Yeah. Okay. And you make it very uncomfortable for people. And you don't hesitate to let people know that you are annoyed. Because our realtor definitely realized that you were annoyed. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, herein lies the problem. So we're trying to kind of mitigate our circumstances by, you know, coming up with different types of solutions. Can we find another insurance agent? But the problem is that one of us, or actually both of us would have to stay back in order to sign the papers, which means that nobody can go and pick up our son. And at that point, we just realized, yo, we got to go. We just got to go. We have to leave. Like, this is not going to happen today. The school was not going to let him stay past a certain time. Right. And there's no way that if we continued this process of waiting or even starting the process of signing the paperwork in delayed fashion, that we're going to pick up our son. And for me, all I can think about is like, who's going to pick up my son? Is my son going to be left on the corner? Obviously, they're not going to do that. But, you know, I just don't want it to be a situation where he's, you know, it's just a stressful situation. I didn't want that. So I was like, look, guys, this is not going to happen today. Everybody was kind of joking around about it. And I was like, look, we got to go. I don't care what anybody says. We got to go. I got to go pick up my son. That's it. So this is not happening today. Let's move on. Yeah. Everybody moving slow and trying to figure out all these different things doesn't change the fact that I got to go pick up my son at a certain time. And y'all are encroaching on that. Let's go. Plus, to throw on top of that, every mistake that was made was not of my doing. Right. Or Renee's doing. Right. And that even pissed me off even more. Right. And when that occurs, it's just like, all right, guys. Now you're really upsetting me because we were supposed to close three weeks before that. Yep. And now there's another delay. And now ultimately it's going to affect my son. And some people can say, well, why did you bring your kids? And it's like, look, has anybody ever signed? If anybody's listening, you know what it's like trying to sign and be at a closing 
and having a three-year-old and a one-year-old go crazy in the background, it's just... Yeah. Yeah, it's so. not conducive to good business. So you see, even my blood pressure right I now know. is going up. Yeah. yeah, you are not having it. Hey, docs, if you're a real estate investor or even if you're aspiring to become one, then, you know, one of the biggest challenges is finding the best way to save for that initial down payment. And then after that, figuring out where to park money between deals. That's why it's so important to build an opportunity fund. In other words, you need a place to efficiently save money for that perfect investment property. In my experience, most people just end up using a savings or checking account to keep money liquid, but we all know banks ain't given no interest and there's absolutely no tax benefits. So here's the deal. I've recently learned about a solution to this problem. In fact, hundreds of savvy docs right now have already turned to this strategy from the folks at Money Insights. They call it the investment optimizer and it grows your money tax-free at a compounding rate without volatility. And it protects your money from creditors and lawsuits. Make sure to check out the Investment Optimizer video at moneyinsights.net forward slash Darko. Or you can text the keyword Darko to 31996. But yeah, no, we ultimately ended up leaving and decided that, you know, we would come back tomorrow. But we also knew that we needed to get insurance before that could happen. And so we were in the car calling insurance companies. And this is all because of a dog. Yeah, this is, mind you, this is all because of a dog. And before I go into getting another insurance carrier, I do want to talk about the fact that part of this is the seller's fault. Okay. Part of this is the seller's fault because the seller actually does not allow dogs. And he literally said, yeah, I don't allow anything with fur in my apartment. And so we asked, well, what about the tenant in the back? And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I allowed her to have a dog. They have such a tenuous relationship that he didn't want to deal with. Well, they would go back and forth and he didn't want to deal with telling her that she couldn't have a dog so that she would leave. And I think he just didn't want her to leave. He didn't want her to leave because you know what he kept saying was, well, she pays her rent on time. She always pays her rent on time. I'm like, so you basically just wanted your rent. And now it became our problem. And now it's our problem. And not to mention, it's actually the other tenant's problem because she doesn't curb her dog. She doesn't pick up after the dog. The dog goes in a shared yard. Okay. And she never picks up after the dog. So now you've inconvenienced your other tenants just so that you don't have to deal with this woman. And you allowed her to have not just a dog, right? Like she doesn't just have like a little chihuahua. She's got a pit bull that you know is uninsurable and had the nerve to say that if he were not selling this home, that he would have asked her to leave. Well, the woman been there for five years. Why you didn't ask her to leave in the five years that she been there? Lies. Facts. Lies. Secrets and lies. Okay. So that's the big issue. And we had to drive home upset and try to figure out how we're going to get insurance. So So, we called. Yeah. We we called called multiple insurance places. places. We found insurance. And now everything is settled. Everything got to the loan officer. The loan officer sent this information to the attorney. And hopefully this is it. Yeah. This is it. Hopefully this is it. So, I mean, just so you guys know that there are definitely some breeds of animals, but particularly dogs, 
that, you know, many insurance companies will not insure. So, you know, when you are allowing pets, if you decide that you're going to go into the real estate game, if you are going to allow pets, you need to know what your insurance carrier is or is not going to cover. It's not as simple as, oh, you just want a dog. Okay, that's fine. You know, if that dog had bitten someone, for example, that might be a really big problem for that landlord, you know, because now the dog is not covered under his insurance. And by the way, I don't think because according to his leases, he also doesn't require his tenants to hold renter's insurance. So, you know, this dog potentially is not covered by his current insurance company, or maybe it is. I don't know, but it's just really important for you guys to know that if you're going to go into the real estate game. Yeah. So we're heading there. We got like another hour, 10 minutes to drive there. And we're keeping our fingers crossed that when we get there, there's no major issues. But hopefully this is the last time you all are hearing from us about this situation, at least from a closing standpoint. And mm-hmm. maybe we'll do another episode from, you know, when we're actually in the apartment or so. I don't know. But <laughs> this was this was really good. This is really good. This yeah. is a big lesson and anything can happen. Be prepared for the worst. Yep. And if you really want the place, you know, make it happen. Now, obviously, if there are major issues, then, you know, you always got to walk away. But yeah, yeah. I would say that my biggest lesson learned here is that this is not a smooth process. Right. And that even in as clumsy as the process is that I think we learned a lot that would help us in acquiring future properties, you know, knowing the right questions to ask, knowing about things that you know, knowing to ask questions that we didn't necessarily think to ask before. You know, the dog definitely was one thing like, oh, okay, like that's important to know. But there are a few other things that I think that we definitely were able to kind of go through that were frustrating that... I think definitely we didn't know why landlords would always say no dogs allowed. Like we always assumed that it was because we didn't want them to damage things. Right, which is part of it, but yeah. Which now, you know, part of it has to do with insurance. Right. Right. And depending on the type of breed, it may jack your premiums up also. Yeah. So for me, lessons learned. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that the first real estate deal is never going to be the best. And, you know, hopefully this is not our best. I mean, we're going to cash flow pretty well, but hopefully this is not our best, actually. And we do find more deals that are even better and the process becomes even more smooth. So. Stay tuned for the next <laughs> right. The next property. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. So that's pretty much it, everyone. We want to thank you all for rolling with us. And we just wanted to include this so that you guys understand that, just like Dr. Renee said, like it's not smooth all the time. And if you really want it, you know, you just make it happen. And, you know, either way, we're not going to let it come off and take us off the prize, which is to have real estate and to make sure that it's cash flowing because it's still cash flowing despite all these issues. So... We'll keep y'all updated. Thank you for rolling with us and we'll talk to y'all soon. Peace. Peace.